0: Welcome to So and So, brought to you by Bernina, made to create. I'm Meg Goodman, and you're about to enjoy a casual conversation with a special member of the sewist and quilting community. The conversation about how they got started, what inspires them, what excites them, and their connection to this community. We're going a little different direction in this episode, as our guest today is Kelly Ray Roberts founder of kellyrayroberts.com and a fabric designer for Benartex, a Bernina sister company. A former social worker with zero art experience, Kelly Ray picked up her first paintbrush at age 30, and that's when everything changed. Painting brought her what she was craving, healing, unburdened joy, and awakening. Her style of truth-telling and possibility-driven approach to life, work, and art quickly spread and has been featured in countless books, magazines, and licensed products. She's the creator of several e-courses, books, home decor, gifts, stationery products, and retreats that focus on the idea that when we let art out, we let love in. She lives in Sisters, Oregon with her son, True, husband, John, and two English bulldogs, Lulu and Amelia. Hi, Kelly Ray, and welcome to So-and-So.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That was such a lovely introduction. I'm so happy that you included our
0: English Bulldogs. <laughs> well, that that's, that's one of the most important things. They're, they're family, right?
1: They are family. Absolutely.
0: So we uh, this it's special to have you here today because you are a member of the Sewist and Quilting community, but by Providing the the material uh, with which people create and and you have a very interesting history, Kelly Ray. so I want to jump right in and talk about the early days. Mm. You were a social worker by training, so take us through your education, the social work, and the eventual awakening of art and Why did you initially pick up that paintbrush
1: mm. yes, you know i um, I went to I have my master's in social work and in my twenties, I worked in mainly with, um, in the ICU, um, with patients and families who were really in crisis, or, um, I did a lot of emergency room social work as well, oncology, social work, infectious disease, and I loved it. I loved, um being in a really sort of bustling hospital environment, working with doctors and nurses and physical therapists and respiratory therapists and you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, when I was about 30 years old, I started to feel what so many social workers eventually feel, which is just burnout. Sure. And um I, started to make things at home just sort of using my craftiness I started making this was back when um scrapbooking was in its heyday mm-hmm. and you would find scrapbooking stores and um everywhere and so there was a scrapbooking store just down the street and I would visit often and um just was so lit up by the papers and the scrapbook papers and the stamping and all of that. And they had a, uh, and I was making Christmas cards one year. um, And they had this book that was all about combining painting and sort of mixed media into your stamping and scrapbooking. And I was intrigued. I bought the book, I devoured it and started adding paint to my little cards, mm-hmm. and they became sort of like these like up leveled scrapbooking collage paintings, these little things, and my heart just was on fire, it felt like. Um, you know, like when you have a a, a new partner, a new um, love romance mm-hmm. in your life, and it's just hot and heavy in the beginning, mm-hmm. it felt very much like that. So I would go to my day job as a social worker and then come home and just do this for hours. I took over my dining room, and that was the beginning of, oh, my gosh, I love this, love love, love this so much Um, and did it for about a year. And this was 2005. And so when 2006 came along, Etsy had just opened its doors and nobody really knew what Etsy was at the time. But through my blogging community, because along the way I was blogging my discovery of Um, and process of tapping into making art. I didn't call myself an artist, Mm -hmm. but I was, that would take a couple more years. (laughs) (laughs) But I was discovering so much um, through the world of blogging about my creative sort of revolution that I was experiencing.
0: Was it Hard to make that switch to walk away from social work that that you had trained for, and and what? Mm. How did you eventually make that leap to say, okay, I'm an artist. Hmm. This is my life now.
1: Mm. Well, my little my little cards and um, evolved eventually into full blown paintings. Still, always using paper. I love using collage in my work, um, and then. Well, Etsy just opened its door. so I thought, you know what? Why not? My husband was super encouraging, and I took about a year after um, developing sort of, I guess, what would become like a little bit of what I call my signature style. Um, I would put those paintings on Etsy, and people all around the world were buying them. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, uh, Gosh, I was only on Etsy maybe six months, and I was really in that heat of that romance, if you will. Like, (laughs) I was blogging all the time. I was painting nonstop. I was working still full time. Um, But someone contacted me from Etsy, a licensing, who would eventually become my licensing partner and uh, loved what I was doing and asked if I would be open to licensing. I didn't even know what that was, Mm-hmm. Um and sort of leapt in with zero idea what I was getting myself into, and around the same time, a book editor called an acquisitions editor and said, "Oh my gosh, this story that you are telling in your blog posts and and it, it, this is a book. Can we please publish this book?" So I between those two things. I worked on both of those projects while still doing my social work job. And I would say um, it was 2008, the fall of 2008. So, a good three years Mm -hmm. later, I um, was able to leave my social work job. I sort of weaned myself off and worked, you know, full time down to 32, and then part time 20, and then per diem, and to eventually that I. Um, was able to replace that income with my art, and I always, I never felt that I was leaving social work because I felt that I was that my work um, was so my artwork was so healing for me, and it was clear that it was resonating for other people. So, I if I've always felt that my artwork was a is, has been a really good marriage of my social work sensibility and my creativity
0: you know um, what what i love is is you often talk about the power of possibility and and that's exactly what you're talking about and Mm. this is this is paramount for you kelly ray and you you are a self-proclaimed possibilitarian which i Mm. is amazing (laughs) what does this mean and how do you encourage others to find this fire as well
1: You know, I, to me, sort of the spirit of possibility really awakened for myself in those early years. I will say right before I started um, um, making art and sort of come embodying what it meant to be an artist, I was also invited to run a half marathon by one of the nurses on the um, unit that I worked at as a social worker. And I am the least athletic person you can possibly imagine. <laughs> I was the girl walking the one mile in high school and had zero interest, but there was something about this. this I had this little whisper that said, you should do this. This would be good for you. This was um, before I was making art. And so I did it. And wh- every weekend I ran like a mile and then two miles and so forth. And I had this feeling at the end of the um, half marathon of like, if I can do this, what else is waiting for me? Mm-hmm. And that's when art came into my life, and which is um, so unexpected. So I always tell people... What's the thing that you never thought you could do? Whether it was eating more vegetables or... That's a big one. <laughs> you know, right. Or what is it? And to get, get your support system in place, get your buddies in place and conquer that thing. Because it's not really about the thing. It's about what's waiting for you on the other side of that, of that thing. So I always start with that um, as far as like what's, and listen, tuning in, like what's what's calling, what's nagging us at night, what's tugging on our sleeves, what wants attention and to follow those breadcrumbs.
0: So it's having the courage to listen to that inner voice. What, what you're saying reminds me of Eleanor Roosevelt. you must do the thing you think you cannot do.
1: Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Now you you talk about it was just after one year and and when you told us your story it's like things just took off. Yeah. And um your portfolio bloomed, you launched your shop, you wrote a book and you said your art found new eyes. What does found new eyes mean? It means
1: that the the licensing deal that I mentioned earlier um the the woman who pitched it to me worked for a company who had never done wall art before. And when she saw my work, she herself was asking those possibility questions of like, what's possible? What's?" And she really wanted this art, my art, to be the first wall art line that this company had ever done. And she pitched it. And almost everybody in the room was like, I don't get it. These these are angels with with necks that are tilted, we don't understand. This isn't our market, etc. But she really persevered, and um, when the when it was shown at the trade shows that January, it went nuts and did really, really well for many, many years. And so, what I mean when I say found new eyes, it means that my art was. Um, in something like sixty thousand retail stores, most hallmarks in the in the country, et cetera. So, so many people found my work mm-hmm. um, in a way that, again, never in a million gajillion years would I, this sort of accidental artist, think or find myself in this industry that I really didn't know. I certainly learned through the years, but at the time was, had such a beginner green, I had no idea the, um, the impact that it would have on, and, and, and for me, like creating a community of other possibilitarians and people who, and creatives who want and um, value meaningful, thoughtful um, art.
0: Let's talk about that art for a minute. You, obviously put heart and soul into everything that you create. What's your inspiration? Mm.
1: (sighs) My inspiration is, um, you know, I can remember being in high school and um, having a deep love of all things that had wings. And so, you know, when you're when your family catches on to something that you love, they like a butterfly, then everything you receive for ten everything. years everything you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have been there <laughs> I've been there, yes
1: <laughs> so um I had butterflies all over my walls that turned into angels with wings all over my walls, um, all throughout college. and so i my my inspiration is clearly from this childhood or young adult fascination, um, but also in, um, in my inspiration comes from the conversations really that I have with my community and with my friends and family around what's, again, like what's pulling on us, what wants to emerge, what um, So I would say words, sentiments, um, messages, um, guidance. Uh, Also, again, all sort of pulling from my social work world is what really inspires me. Um, What do I ask myself when I'm painting right before I start painting? I ask myself, What is it that your heart or a friend's heart or my mom's heart most Mm -hmm. needs to know? And I write that down and then I start painting. And my hope is that whatever I wrote down is sort of the the energy and essence of that is infused in what I've just painted. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my inspiration and
0: process. Now you've been able to parlay your art, uh, into fabric design and you're a member of a very elite team who designs fabric for Benertex, which is a sister company of Bernina Uh, And they provide fabric to sewists and quilters. Now, this this is fascinating. Can you take us through the process of fabric design?
1: Yes. So, fabric design is something that I've always wanted to do, but I personally don't know how to do it. So, I am not a pattern designer. I'm not a textile designer. I am a painter. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, there have been um, lots of fabric opportunities that have come my way over the years, but never in a way where um, I could work with a designer that is on that fabric team to create sort of the look that I'm going for. So when Ben Artex called, it was such a uh, such a good match because I worked with one of their designers who knows how to create pattern and knows how what what the quilting community desires and what is, you know, all the technical pieces of what creates a collection. Um, And so I work with her and we um, start with, we start with like a uh, sort of what what I would call like a hero um, image. So maybe it's one of my angels and it's got pinks and greens and it's got a lot of pattern painted into the background and so forth. And we'll go from there and we'll pull out um, elements from those paintings and create patterns. So if a painting has, um, you know, let's say one of the angels that I paint has a headdress or halo of flowers, we will pull those flowers out and um, create a pattern But it's been tricky because my work has so many um, layers. And so it's hard to create that depth and fabric, but I think we've done a really good job and I loved it. I loved, I love these. We do it through zoom and we just literally um, design in real time together.
0: Talk about those layers. Can you explain, paint us a a picture on, on what that means that your, your work has many layers?
1: I usually start a canvas with um, a layer of collage. So imagine I love working with old vintage wallpaper. Um, So I go on the hunt. I have my stash of vintage wallpapers and I just tear them into pieces and I put them all over a canvas. And that's layer one. And then the next layer is usually adding um, one color of paint. And then maybe another color of paint, and sort of smushing things around with my fingers, and then that's layer two. And then the next layer is adding texture, whether that is with um, a texture tool like a fork or a credit card, or just things that are hanging around the house. Okay, yeah, Um, and that's layer three. And then usually back to collage and paint, and then somewhere in there I will paint. Uh, uh, either an angel or a winged creature, whether it's a butterfly or an animal or um, flowers or what have you. So when you look at one of my paintings, you'll see there's a lot to look at um, because you're looking at all those layers sort of peek
0: through. How long does it take you to create a painting?
1: You know, it depends. Sometimes, it takes an hour. <laughs> That's <laughs> quick. Depending on, it's quick, depending on what, if I'm, because if I'm using oil, sometimes I'll use oils and sometimes I'm gonna use acrylic. So it depends, really, it depends on um, how involved it is. But, you know, like a couple of days to an afternoon, if I'm focused, yes. And I recently have learned how to create on a digital program called Procreate mm-hmm. on my um, iPad Pro, and I'm slightly obsessed with that as well. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> learning how to create all those layers digitally, which has been really fun.
0: Do you have memories of one of the first paintings that you can say, wow, I did this, and I I could be a painter now? Do you, are, are there some...
1: I do. You do? Tell yeah. us that story. Well, I, I was I was creating the cards and um, then I sort of jumped into adding paint into but a lot of scrapbooking. And I was working on sort of developing um, what I my sort of what I would call like a recipe, like what's my signature recipe here? Mm-hmm. And there was a painting that I made um, and I was in the dining room and my husband walked in and he and he he said and what I felt too was like that's it that's it that's is different from anything you've made yet and how do you feel about that and i was like i feel the same way there's something really magical about this piece and what i loved about it was that it had um collage in her dress and it was sort of quirky at the same time and very contemplative. And her neck was in, people ask me all the time with my angel paintings, why are the necks sort of tilted? And it's because they're in a listening posture mm-hmm. and sort of a, um, a contemplative posture. Um, and, and off I went. Yeah.
0: Do you still have that painting?
1: I still have many of my early, early, early paintings, but that particular one, I think I sold. I still have the image of it though, somewhere. And
0: I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's in your, your head and your heart when, when you talk about it, yeah, you can, you yeah, can yeah. see this. Now, um, that's, that's your story. Do you have any special stories of sewists or quilters who have used your fabrics? Oh, yes. Oh, let's hear those.
1: I just got an email yesterday with a, with um, a woman in Texas who recovered, she did, it wasn't a quilt, but she recovered um, her studio, her quilting studio chairs, um, which were these beautiful old, like vintage white chairs. And she put um, a couple and she did each chair in a different fabric and it was so sweet and lovely. Um. Yes, I receive. I love the emails that I receive of um, all kinds of um, different styles of quilts, from quilts that have messages in them that are really big and bold, to quilts that are super modern and interesting, and just use little pieces of my fabric, to more traditional quilts um, that use all of the fabric.
0: Do you, the community that that you've built, I assume people are always sending you pictures of their, their creations. I hope you'll be able to share those with us, um, on, on our website, because we always have pictures from, from our guests and that would be great if we could see, um, some of those.
1: Oh, I would love to send those over. It's one of my favorite, um, Things to see and my mom. I am not a quilter, but I live one of the one of the most fun aspects of doing these fabric collections with ben Artex right now in this season of my life is that we we lived in Portland, Oregon for twenty years, and we and um, the and doing fabric was always elusive, as I shared that story earlier. And then about three years ago, we moved to this little tiny town in central Oregon for more sunshine and small town of about 3,000 people called Sisters, Mm -hmm. Oregon. And Sisters, Oregon is known for its quilting community. It's known for its um, international quilt festival that it has every year. It's known for um, its quilt art community. So it's been so fun to be doing fabric while living in this small town that is all about quilting. So the little, the stitching store, it's called stitch and post has been an amazing partner and they carry the line and they have the, they, their staff have made several quilts using the fabric and they hang them up outside. And, um, it's been super fun, um, sort of synchronicity there, I suppose.
0: Kelly Ray, what's, what's next for you? What's your dream? Oh, that's
1: a good question. Well, I, um, I have, I, if I tune in and really answer that question, what's coming up for me is I want to continue making art and continue making, um, fun and inspiring products, including fabric. And I also have this little nagging dream to, to write. So I'm, I'm starting to eke that in or, get it into my life a little bit more and sort of similar to that first time that I ran and it opened up this whole new world for me. I'm curious. It feels like this is the writing is sort of my next big thing that I'm scared to do and never thought I could do. And I'm curious what it would lead to if I really focused and committed. So
0: We'll see we will now we've we've talked about a lot today. you've shared some wonderful things with us. Is there a question I didn't ask you that you wish I had?
1: Mm, what a good question! I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> well, knowing what we've learned about you today, there is so much more to come. I'm sure our listeners would would love to to keep tabs on you, follow what you're doing, look at your new Mm. creations and and possibly even reach out to you, Kelly Ray. So um, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, You can find me on my website, which is kellyrayroberts.com. And my um, Kelly Ray is um, K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E roberts.com. And you can send me an email at hello at kellyrayroberts.com. I would love to be in conversation with you.
0: This has been a wonderful conversation and I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Meg. I've super enjoyed
0: this. Great. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Another story about someone just like you, someone for whom sewing and quilting and all that goes along with it is so much more than a hobby. It's a way of life. It's a connection to something bigger. If you know someone you think has an outstanding story, a story that should be shared on this podcast, please drop me a note to info at soandsopodcast.com or complete the form on our website. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and visit our website soandsopodcast.com for more information about today's and all of our guests. That's S-E-W-A-N-D-S-O podcast.com. And finally, I want to thank Bernina for making this program possible. I'm Meg Goodman, and I look forward to you joining us next time on So-and-So.